All right, as you can tell, things are winding up again, getting moving, all kinds of activities and uh, fun things to do and ways to grow in God. It's just a great year. Good to see everybody. You survived Christmas, I see, so uh, we're here again, starting a new year. And uh, boy, didn't you just love the worship? Uh, my goodness, I'm just so, Lord, we, I love him, Jesus. He's the one that's inhabiting the praise of his people. We just thank you so much, Lord. And, um, and then I know you can always get back on the website, you know, and, and uh, get all these announcements. Also, we always have uh, handouts. We always have uh, the old church bulletin. So anything that we said is also in there. And if you wondered where to give, there's boxes along the edges here. And also you can give online, which a lot of people do these days. And uh, in the bulletin will be instructions about how to do that if you don't know how to already. So um, anyway, good to see everybody. New year, uh, new blessing, new grace on us, I think. I just can feel it already. I just, oh Lord, I just love to worship. Thank you, God. Don't ever take the worship out of here. <laughs> oh, we're just, I tell you, that's so important. Just to feel God again, right? And just to feel Him in your heart and your spirit and around, so... So in line with that, I'd like to talk a little bit about living from the inside out. You know, we are an inside out religion. If you call us religion, we're not really a religion so much as relationship, but this Jesus we talk about not only gives us great teaching, becomes and lives on the inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So much of our life is spent living from the inside out, living from that presence outward, hearing what God has to say, listening to his guidance, uh, receiving his comfort, receiving his healing. So it's kind of important uh, to live from the inside out, as you see at the title of, hopefully you all have an outline. And um, so uh, one reason why I've, through all these years, uh, done my uh, life in the spirit class from day one is I always wanted people to understand the church culture they were getting involved with. So I just teach it here, and it's very simple, and uh, we just do a few weeks together, uh, mostly newer people, but if you'd like to come and get a... You know, refresher, come, because uh, I just talk about the Holy Spirit and how He moves from the inside of us and how He moves and talks to us and how He heals and all the different dimensions of how He loves us in the presence of God. And so we just talk about it as we see it in the Scriptures and then we have uh, a kind of a laboratory. I don't know, that's kind of a weird way to say it, but anyway, we, we have a demonstration. We actually ask the Holy Spirit to show up. And he does. And, uh, and so I get you moving in areas maybe that you are newer to. One of my favorite things to do in that class is people that are absolutely new to the, these things, to maybe things of the Spirit. When we say the word baptized with the Holy Spirit, we say the word, talk about divine healing or any of these. Maybe you're kind of new to it, you know. I was. Uh, I was in a denominational ta- church, raised in a denominational church. And boy, did I get ambushed. Uh, one day... The, the denomination made the mistake of having a conference that I showed up at. I don't, they didn't make a mistake. It was perfect for me. And I think it was perfect for the church once they got used to me after I got back from their own conference where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit by somebody that got in there. I don't know how he got in. It's a Presbyterian conference talking about what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues, and I never looked back. And uh, it affected a whole bunch of young people. Uh, because God got all of us, and, uh, and that's when I began to learn to live from the inside out. I thought it was so cool that God still speaks today. I thought it was so cool that you can speak in this weird language and that God understands it, right? Uh, all the gifts, I thought, oh, this is so interesting, you know, and Jesus is that close. I mean, not just kind of close, not just theoretically close, but practically, amazingly close. Closer than your own breath. I see the scriptures, but I then began to experience it in 
And then it's just been one long journey of living from the inside out. And I see Eddie Purek and his lovely wife Janet in the house today. Good to see you, Eddie. And uh, so Eddie was a big part of my journey on the inside out. Uh, he taught me and all of us about the Father's love and how God not only does things through us supernaturally and speaks cool things to us, but also has this supernatural love that he wants to love and hug us with and come up from the inside of us. And uh, I just uh, treasure that always. So that's always a part of my class. And it's a big part of our culture here. So this living from the inside out is a pretty good deal. It really is, right? So I want to start reading from Mark chapter 4. Uh, you can see that on your outline, uh, verses 35 to 41. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. This isn't like an ocean liner. This is a little tiny little boat, right? So it's scary, right? And you can die easily from that, right? Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Wow. Disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Which I think is a rather odd response. (laughs) Don't you care if we all drown? It's been a good run. Are we all going to drown now? (laughs) Golly. Oh, they're just like me. They're just like me. They're just like all of us. It's so nice to see these people. These are not super spiritual. These are ordinary people being confronted with the authority of God and trying to figure it all out, just like us. So this has been happening generation after generation since those first disciples. God bless you, first disciples, who got to try all this on before we all got to it, right? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was immediately calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. But they didn't get the point because he wanted them to be involved. He wanted them to know that he was giving the same power to them, that that actually from what he was going to give them from the inside, the precious Holy Spirit and the teaching he was giving them and the example he was giving them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So our problems that make us terrified are actually solved in the same way. All the storms of life are calmed in the same way. God comes. He speaks to us. He encourages us. He makes a way for us. He even shows us the way out many times. We walk out and then we're good, right? That's how all the uh, the storms in our life are called. So What happens on the inside of us is directly connected to how we're able to influence the world on the outside of us. So he's asking him, do you still have no faith? He's trying to say, you know what? You have something on the inside. It's called faith. You need to exercise it. If you exercise it, it's going to be okay. And then he gave him a demo, right? (laughs) Talk about a demo, right? So he tells everything to be still, right? And everything quiet. Wow. What a great example. In Mark 4, the disciples had not yet learned the lessons of faith which would cause them to change the environment around them. In fact, Jesus remarked at one point, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned? Didn't you, haven't you got it yet through all the things? Don't you understand that the world works by faith, that your new life is going to be through faith in God? And, that, and through that, you can even cause waves to be still in the ocean, right? I love that. Do you still have no faith? The rule or authority of God starts inside of us with invisible faith and makes its way into powerful actions and speech. That's what he did. Quiet. Shut up. Be still. Who's he talking to? 
Well, probably talking to not only the storm, but the demons behind the storm, right? Be still. He knew this was coming from the other side. Sometimes even practical phenomena, sickness, illness things are actually have a root, and it's the other guy, the, the enemy himself, right? So this inside of us authority makes powerful actions and speech, helps us to say the right things in the name of the Lord and take the powerful actions. As a matter of fact, our whole life is just one big walking with God, and you learn to hear the leading from inside of you, and actually, it can actually not just work in times of trouble, but I often, even walk this campus, even, uh, I did so just this last week, I've been walking a lot, just looking over the place, trying to get what God's saying to me about where we go, where is this campus actually going, and things ahead. And I've been doing that for a long time. That's where the school came from. That's where the warehouse came from. Uh, that's where even the purchase of the property came from. But I have been stirred so much because the Lord loves to live from the inside. He loves to show me something, show me things about my life, about our ministry here um, in seed form, mentally and emotionally. And it comes like a seed and it drops in like a dream. And then I believe it into and water with my faith. And then it and then God says, do this, and then he says, do that, and then we do this, and we do that, and then the thing unfolds. I'm very, very aware of that. I've been thinking about some pretty big things lately, and in light of some of the big things that have already happened, I, I find myself living from the inside out, checking with headquarters, and often I'll say something like, you know, pray about something, and I'll ask God to give me vision. Then I always add this question, or this statement, actually, what do you want me to do about it, right? So I could be lost in this whole mental, uh, uh, spiritual place, which actually, if it's high enough anxiety, could keep you pretty busy, just your anxious thoughts. But I always look for, what do you want me to do as a first step? What do you want me to do about it? Well, in this case, he wanted him to say, hey, Storm, shut up. <laughs> so I've done that many times, right? And it may take a little while, but as I keep doing that, it, shut, it, it closes down. But sometimes there's also a very specific direction. Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What what, what do you want me to say? How, how do you want me to react? What do you want me to buy? What should I plan for, right? And so uh, it works great in business, by the way, in every area of your life, because business is nothing more than just a bunch of decisions. <laughs> you make good ones, it, you do well. You make bad ones, it doesn't go so good, right? So it starts inside of us, this rule, authority of God with invisible faith that makes its way into powerful actions and speech. It's an interesting thing of, also, if you look at your outline on C there, the 10 men healed of leprosy show us that even things that we say like thanksgiving and faith, which come from the inside of us, are part of living from the inside out. Very powerful subject, this whole area of thanksgiving. Uh, I'll never forget my first sort of instruction in it uh, with regard to praise and thanksgiving. I read a couple of books, and uh, they really uh, influenced my life uh, forever, uh, forever and ever. And um, I just think all of us really know about our children when they don't say thank you, uh, right, or they don't respond with the right kind of response on the inside. But uh, that just comes straight from the Scripture, straight from Jesus. So you see, when you walk with God, there's a whole thing that you do with the Lord. It's a very relational walk. And so fathers and uh, uh, children, mothers and children, it's a great example, right? So all of us were children and had parents, and many of us are parents and have children. And the same dynamic is just a picture of the what it is in heaven, right? And of course, at the core of every family is relational health, right? 
relational health. And uh, one of those things that makes us very relationally healthy in a family is when there's a spirit of thanksgiving. Nothing like snotty-nosed, spoiled kids to drive you up the wall, right, and ruin your day, right? They can be snotty at 2, or they can be snotty at 18, or 20, or even later, right? And I can be that way, and you can be that way. But look at this little uh, story that happens here, and it just so helps us to learn how to live from the inside out, because it turns out there's a, pre- uh, there's a protocol, or maybe I should say an etiquette, uh, to walking with God. It's not extremely complicated. It's as simple as sh- children and families. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, this is uh, Luke 17:11. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him, they stood at a distance and called out a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, nobody wanted to get close to lepers. Nobody could heal it. Uh, it was a disaster when you had it, and it was a horrible, horrible death uh, if you got it, right? So everyone stayed away from a, a leper. As a matter of fact, they were supposed to scream out and yell. If they got anywhere close to anybody that was healthy, unclean, unclean, right? When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, Go and show, go show yourselves to the priest means that actually in the culture, if you got healed of it, you were supposed to go and show yourself and make sure that you were actually literally healed, right? So he's telling them, go show yourself, go, go show uh, the priest, right? And as they went, they were cleansed. Another very powerful thing about living from the inside out. Somehow or another, we always want something to grab us and yank us into something. But almost always, God requires a faith response. So whenever I have something to do or I want something from the Lord, I'm always asking now these days, Lord, what's my part? What do I do? What, What part do I play in this? What do you want me to do? I used to always just, you know, stress out, da da da, beg, but you know, but I also do that, (laughs) still do it, but I also also say, God, is there something I need to do? Am I a part of this miracle? Inevitably, you are, by the way. I just had a little, that's a little lesson from your sponsor. Inevitably, you're a part of your own miracles. He loves to do that. You'll see it from one end of the scripture to the other. So this is what he says to them. Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, which... The Samaritans, as most of you know, were really not very well received by the Jews. They actually hated each other really bad. We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. So they're going to show themselves to the priests, and that's what you did to verify. But you know, they're not healed yet. So on the way, showing themselves to the priests, they... At least he got healed. Who knows, right? If all of them got healed, you know, we're not the other one, nine. Actually, it says, it. sorry, they all ten were healed, weren't they? All cleansed. So, wow, isn't that amazing? But what God expects is amazing, what he says about the whole thing. Your faith healed you. I think, I'll say that again. Rise and go, your faith has made you well. So when you respond that little way, that's why I always like to have little responses that we do with regard to healing uh, it's part of what I've learned, right? But the other part of it is to give thanksgiving. That completes the circuit, so to speak. And also prepares the way for other miracles, other healing. It's the same way with kids, right? When we give them something and they're really grateful, 
Does it make you as a parent want to give them more? Absolutely, right? I mean, sometimes when they're thankful enough, I just, like, it just pulls all kinds of stuff out of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? When that, that grateful, oh, this is the greatest thing. They keep thanking me about it, you know, but that snotty nose thing? <laughs> Doesn't work very well, does it? How many parents know all about that one? Well, could it be that we get snotty nose before God, right? Could it be that's a problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's part of living from the inside out, this Thanksgiving, right? Love is to be at the center of all our works or we've gained nothing. So this is another part of living from the inside out. And, of course, we see in the scriptures just how dramatic this is, this entire chapter uh, dedicated to compassion and love. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. So you could do all these works and still somewhere or another manage not to have love. That's also it's actually possible. There is a, an anointing that can kind of rest on the outside of us there we actually cause things to happen. We lead someone to Christ accidentally. We pray for someone. They get well, and we're absolutely more shocked than anybody else. Anybody ever had that experience, right? And, of course, now we find ourselves giving and, and all that kind of thing. But we don't. But the key thing about all those things is that there's love involved, right? There's love involved. I mean, you can even make a business out of benevolence. That's something that we really work hard, and I work hard to guard my heart on because we are able to give a lot away these days. I don't want to ever degenerate into a business. I want to make sure that I, I feel the people that are being helped. I, I, I uh, not only feel their appreciation, but I, I feel grace in me releasing. A, a good, uh, I just make sure that I try to stay close to it. I don't just give away things, but I do it in love and appreciation for them and appreciation for all that God's given me. So living from the inside out is such a critical thing at the center of it all, even if you're generous and benevolent and you do all this and that, you just, love is so important to keep. And I, sometimes we, we give a lot around here, but I just always try to stay close to compassion uh, when I'm hanging around people that we've helped or just remembering, and what really helps me to do that is remember their weakness, remember where they're really at. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm finding more and more that that compassion is such a motive for giving it's such a pleasant mode of forgiving. If I give in an honorary way or just because somebody demands it of me, it's one thing. But when I do it freely and when I do it and I do it knowing full well that a person's not doing well and they're going to do well or a whole people group, by the way, is going to get saved as a result or whatever, it's just one of the most pleasant experiences on the planet because love doesn't just uh, go outward. When you do that and so love, you get love back. Sometimes in depression and heaviness, it's just amazing uh, that if you just take a time with someone else that may be suffering from your same issue or maybe step into that arena, it's amazing when you sow love, you get love as well. You don't have to sow love to get love from God. He loves you just, just as well. But I don't know. Sometimes for me when we give away things, it's like a love feast. And when you do it enough, it's just such a great thing. It's so pleasant to live in God's love all the time. There's no more pleasant motion in the planet. But... Bible says something about giving that shall be given to you, right? Good measure, pressed down. And I think the giving back to us is this emotion, this pleasantness, this freedom in my spirit. 
And if you're involved with a lot of giving, whatever you do, don't miss, don't miss the pleasure of God in it because he's smiling on you. Sometimes we get tired and weary with well-doing. Some of you are giving, doing great sacrificial things with your own household and your own family. Just, uh, and, and sometimes uh, I have to just remember, wait a minute, uh, there's a reward here. I'm, I'm doing what Jesus would do. And if you just take that moment and pause there and don't get bitter or hard or, you know, or callous to it, boy, I tell you what, you can just find the Lord knocking on your door and giving you love. And so uh, it's such a great thing, this matter of giving and receiving, because love is involved. And it's part of this very, very important thing we call living from the inside out. And hopefully by God's grace, over time, you develop and uh, you just become one big ball of love. And you're giving out of that place and never getting tired of giving because you're giving out of supernatural love, not out of your own energy. And I just, I, I felt that the Spirit gave me this just a few minutes ago. And I just think maybe that some of you are in a really, really difficult place. And you're giving out and you're giving out and you're giving out. And maybe it's a family member, maybe someone that's ill in the family, maybe it's a sickness, an issue, and you're just giving and giving and giving, and you're just sort of tired, and you lost touch with God a long time ago, and yet you just keep on. Can I just pray over you? Maybe some of you are just tired, and you're just having to be the provider or the one, and you just need some refreshing from the Lord. I don't know, I didn't plan to do this, but I wonder if you might be... Uh, bold enough just to stand where you are. And uh, I want to ask God to bless you and give you love back. You've been giving and sacrificing and you're just exhausted. And you've been doing the will of God. You've been doing the right thing, but you just need God's love to come back and fill that space where you've been giving so much, where you've just given so much attention to that loved one or so much attention to that family member. Lord, I just ask you that you would refurbish us in love. Some of us are just exhausted. Matter of fact, if you could see someone near you, would you just put your hand on their shoulder and just, uh, Holy Spirit, just relieve love and compassion back to us. We're tired, maybe even a little lonely. And we've been given this job to do. And sometimes we just don't feel so loving anymore. Or just tired. Would you put this promise back on them, Lord? When we love, you give love back. I release the love of the Father. May God ambush you today. And may he ambush you in the middle of the night. Or as you're driving to help that loved one. Or as you're working so hard to support that person. Or may you've been kind over and over again. And you're running out of energy. Lord, I just thank you that you give us the energy and the love to love from the inside out because love comes from you. Would you just replenish us and give us faith to step into this place of compassion again? In Jesus' name. And may we feel refreshed and able to do even more with your compassion. Lord, have mercy on us. We want you to have mercy on whoever we're helping, but Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy as we live from the inside out. Amen. I think that prayer is going to stick. So, Lord, I'm just asking for ambushes of love and healing even on our inside. 
So if you look at E on your outline, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is a beautiful thing. The Spirit takes what is from Jesus and makes it known to us. The Father and Son are both glorified because all that belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus. So I read that, but I want to read from the Scripture just something that Jesus said about this that's so uh, wonderful. John chapter 16, I'll start with verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now hear. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Isn't that nice when the Spirit of truth comes and guides us into more truth? You know how you know you've got a hold of more truth? It liberates you. You feel liberated on the inside. You shall know the truth, the Bible says, and the truth shall set you free. And the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. You know you've got a hold of truth on the inside, right? Because you begin liberated, and it liberates something to flow outward, doesn't it? A lie always holds you in bondage. A lie about what you should do, a lie about you know, something about your life, someone speaking over you, the wrong thing, all of that, right? All right, so he will speak on his, not speak on his own, this is the Holy Spirit, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Isn't that interesting? The the Spirit receives and makes it known to us. He receives from the Father, and then we receive from the Spirit, right? All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So the Spirit takes what is from Jesus and makes it known to us. And the Father and Son are both glorified in this whole thing because all that belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus and then on to us. And there's this wonderful, beautiful picture. The Father and the Son and the Spirit working together, releasing, and then I mean, receiving and releasing back to us, and then we receive and release back. Oh, living from the inside out, especially with supernatural love, supernatural faith, the things of the Spirit that lead us to the material things is the most wonderful beautiful lifestyle on the planet. Aren't you God God arranged it that way? Because many of us have tried living from the outside in, and it's no good. (laughs) It's just tiring, exhausting. doesn't lead to any good thing, does it? So let's just talk about some steps to living from the inside out. All right, first thing I have on your outline is have a light heart and a sound mind. The heaviest things to carry in life are sin, and unforgiveness. Anybody ever tried to carry sin a little while? Keep it hidden, what you did? Oh my gosh, that thing just gets heavier by the day, doesn't it? <laughs> a little thing you did over here, you didn't let anybody know, a little, you know, even keeping it from God, keeping it from other people, oh my. You know, I can laugh, but maybe some are in that place. You've sinned, you've made a mistake, and you're carrying it, and you feel heavy all the time, and you don't know how to unload it, right? Actually, our conference that we're going to be doing here soon with regard to relationships that Kent mentioned, uh, part of that's in there, learning how to release heavy loads and burdens in the appropriate way, learning how to give God that and learning to really, I, I would say, live from the inside out is part of what that conference is all about. And believe me, we need the practice, right? And so the heaviest things to carry in life are sin and unforgiveness. And I would say guilt is in there as well. Because God's light and in Him there's no darkness at all. So if we go dark on this inside, 
how great is the darkness, right? Because he's the light of the world on the inside of us. Unforgiveness is a very painful thing. I just wish for no one to have to fall into that or fall into that because even when you dabble in it a little bit, it just some, it puts out the light. Sometimes we carry it so long we get used to carrying and walking in forgiveness. And uh, boy, that's a really horrible place to be, by the way. I just highly recommend you don't go get used to that because pretty soon you're just one miserable person, right? God's light. And in Him there's no darkness at all. So there's no reason why we should have uh, darkness on the inside of us. God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance and forgiveness. I love this Romans 2, uh, 4 passage. Or do, do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? So He's been kind to you. He gave you Jesus so that you would repent and say, Sorry, God. I want to be like you. Please give me your Holy Spirit. Please save me. I cannot be saved on my own. So God himself understands this really well, and he calls them riches of his kindness. I don't know about you, but I want to have riches of his kindness in me. I want to possess those riches. Well, here, here they are. Forget parents, patience, kindness. So those things God does for us are intended to lead us to change, to change our heart. And uh, tell you what, being conscious of God's blessing is so critical to your walk with the Lord. Sometimes I think, and we can, oh boy, we recognize it instantly with our kids, don't we? Don't we? Boy, you need to repent. You are so entitled, it's ridiculous, right? But I wonder how many of us adults have gone to that place. I think we stray into that territory far more than we know. Just go to another country for a while. That'll help your entitledness. <laughs> Come back. See how justice works there. See how poverty works there. See how nothing works there. <laughs> right? And so understanding God's forbearance and patience and His kindness toward us is one of the best things that can happen because it leads us to repentance or change. Right? And we go to repentance and change, then we begin to be blessed. We begin to walk with God in a real way. Matter of fact, it's so big a deal living from the inside out that the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Sometimes we carry sin and we don't realize how it's wearing us down, how it's actually choking the life out of us. Sometimes we have to go to a counselor to help us with that. Sometimes going to a counselor is really helpful, if nothing else, just to, to help you know the truth a little bit about yourself, right? But also just to encourage you. But here's the beautiful thing. It's being a good confessor solves a lot of problems. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, we live from the inside out. All life comes from the inside out. God made that spirit inside of you and it's supposed to be alive, not dead, not tainted, not confused and not depressed, right? So if you get in that space, here's the great news. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And all you got to do is say, I did it. I'm in that place. Sorry about that, God. And you could say every good reason why you should be in that place, your life and your circumstances, people who mistreated you. You could tell God 75 things while you're in that place. right? Why you are the way you are because of other people and everything. The problem is it's still sin. 
And he's faithful and just will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And many of us just need that purity from that unrighteousness. That yakety-yak voice all the time because every time you sin, it enslaves you. Have you ever learned that yet? Every time you say that bad word, have that bad attitude. And I won't just say against people. That certainly should be obvious. Maybe it's not so obvious sometimes. But also toward God. You know, sometimes we act like he's a short order cook and he's let us down. That's really easy to do if you're sick or you're having a perennial problem or whatever. But we just need to go, say, I did it again, Lord. I've been blaming you the whole way. No, I'm too cool to really blame you. But in my heart, I really am mad at you. <laughs> I'm too cool to say that, right? But now I realize I need to say it. Sorry. Sorry, I've just been angry, God. I've been angry, but I've just been angry at anyone. I've been angry at you because you haven't fixed this yet. So the way out of that whole thing is say, I did it. That's me, Lord. I've been really angry, upset, and I just can't figure out why you're not fixing this. Here's a problem bigger than your problem. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us, right? So 1 John 1, 10 tells us all that, right? So just make sure you own your weakness, own your mistakes. It's exhausting not to. <laughs> it totally destroys your insides. Talk about trying to live from the inside out with that faith and love and that bubbling joy. Nothing like a claim we have not sinned, taking our part in it to make us in a really difficult place. Sometimes we do it so much we don't even know that's the root of it. We've gotten so used to our complaining, our sin, our, our um, just, uh, you, and you know, maybe you got convicted at the beginning of it, but you got used to it, and then you carry it, and that's the worst place to be in all because of the depression and the heaviness. This walk with God is really not that complicated. It's simply God's bigger than you. God's able to ha- help you with all your needs. If you did something wrong, uh, own it and move on, right? Even when people do things that are really not so nice to you, and maybe they did it when you were three years old, maybe they did it when you were 10 years old, maybe they did it yesterday. Steps to living from the inside out. Have a light heart and a sound mind. The heaviest things to carry in this life are, guilt, are sin and unforgiveness. So point B on your outline. It's wonderful to feel and hear God's affirmation in your heart. Oh, man, I tell you, this is the flip side of what I just said because um, I just think it's so important. And if you've been around this house any length of time, and it's nice to have Eddie back here uh, today, uh, we know that uh, there is just so much affirmation available in my, in our, in our, uh, from God in our heart. Here's an amazing thing. Even the Son of God needed to hear God the Father say, this is my son whom I love. If the son of God needed to hear it, (laughs) how much more do you need to hear it? It was important to him. It wasn't just a little thing that just happened by and by as an example. I believe Jesus needed that word uh, from his father in the midst of the pain and the trouble that he was going through. And, and, And by the way, that pain that he was going through was for us, wasn't it? There's some wonderful passages, and one of them is in Zephaniah 3.17. When's the last time you read Zephaniah 3.17? Is that a book in the Bible? Yeah, I'm doing these yearly readings, and I always laugh when I get to Zephaniah because I forget what Zephaniah was all about, you know, and so then I, I read it a little bit, right? But here's a great passage in Zephaniah. 
Okay? And believe me, there's good passages everywhere. That's why you should read your Bible from book to book, from uh, beginning to end. There's all kinds of great stuff. Matter of fact, one of the greatest steps to living from the inside out is know what the Bible says about you, what the promises are about you, and grab a hold of them. And be warned about the other part too, but more importantly, what God has for you. The Lord to God, he says, is with you. That's you and you and you. All that belong to God. The mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you and will rejoice over you with singing. Oh, I like that part. Now, sometimes we need to be chastened like children, right? But, but that's not the dominant thing. And it shouldn't be the dominant thing in your own family, should it? The most important thing is you're giving that love and affirmation. Matter of fact, the more love and affirmation you give children, probably the less you're going to have to do the other. But sometimes we have kids get in a stage. We get in a stage as well. And we have to be changed, right? But here's the key thing. Even when there's rebuke, even when there's hard circumstances, the truth is he's not only the mighty warrior and king of the universe, but he's the, he's the mighty warrior who saves. And also, he's the mighty warrior who longs to take great delight in you. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God said that for the benefit of Jesus, but also he said it for the benefit of others to hear out loud. Not just because they, he wanted them to know about Jesus, but because they needed to know that they're loved, that God does that kind of thing, that there are beloved sons. And this great God takes great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. He'll rejoice over you with singing. Matter of fact, just as you parents, parents, you don't like to rebuke. God doesn't like to rebuke. He would rather rejoice over you with singing. He'd rather brag over you, right? That's what he wants to do, right? And he does that a lot. You just have to make room for it. Some theology, some church systems, some people's ideas of God don't make a lot, a lot of room for the singing God. It's almost like singing over the baby, you know, in the carriage or rocking the baby, you know, or something even more amazing, right? He takes great delight in you. He's with you, the mighty warrior who's able to protect and save you. Oh, man. Aren't you glad that that mighty warrior also is one that gives love? I love that so much. Now, I'm looking at 2B there on your outline. Here's one of my favorite passages about this subject because when the love of God comes, it really helps you to live from the inside out. We love. Why? Because he first loved us. When we're familiar with what he did for us, it's easier for us than to be nice to other people. It's not just a matter of I should be nicer. God gives much more than that. It's the very Spirit of God that causes you to feel love and to give love. That's a really important. So I talk about that in our class a lot, about receiving that impartation. And that impartation is a little trickier than you might think. By tricky, I mean it will surprise you. It will undo you. Love of God speaking to you, God hugging you. God still gives hugs, but when he gives hugs, it's very dramatic sometimes. It'll undo you in a really, really good way. Really good way, right? I think Ephesians 3 says something about that. I pray, he's praying for the Ephesians, that out of his glorious riches, so God has lots of riches he can give away, right? All kinds of gifts. Financial gifts, healing gifts, riches of his character and his heart, right? 
he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Let me say it again. I pray out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Sometimes we just need that strengthening, right? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Because sometimes in the midst of a problem, it's our faith that gets us through the day. And that faith needs to be strengthened. I would imagine I'm lucky that many of you here today just need to be strengthened on the inside. You're going through a hard time. You need wisdom for what you're going through. You can't quite get it. And sometimes all we need is just raw strength to get to the other side and not get into darkness or, or, or unforgiveness. But he says this also, which must have been part of the early church's understanding of God, a very real understanding, and certainly Paul's. I pray, this is what he's praying for them, that you, being rooted and established in love, this is my prayer for you, you'd be rooted and established in love. You know, in other words, you'd be surrounded. As you're living from the inside out, you're surrounded with love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What a verse. Yeah, you just read that go, yeah, we're starting clapping. Yes, that's the right response. Because if you've tasted any of this, wow. Paul's praying, hey, look, I've had this experience. I'm praying that you would have the power to grasp, to really get a hold of, to really understand how wide, how high, how long, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, you may fill to the measure of all the fullness of God. It surpasses knowledge. It surpasses wisdom. I'm telling you what. I found also interesting thing. When I need wisdom and when I need knowledge, love paves the way. Love has a way of bringing an impartation of knowledge, of, of even spiritual gifts. I used to watch this with my grandmother all the time at work. Uh, she would get overwhelmed with compassion for somebody in the restaurant, always embarrassed the heck out of us. And she walked, actually, and she got in a wheelchair. She'd just wheel herself all the way over there. You know? And before I know it, I know it. I'm looking at my watch. Look, Mom, my mom always embarrassed too. We're all there. It's about five minutes. That lady's going to be crying. So watch, and I put my watch out. Five minutes later, I look over there, and that woman, whoever she's talking with, they're weeping and crying. My grandmother's hugging them and giving them comfort, you know. And uh, so I, that's a treasure I have. <laughs> Grandma basically just embarrassed me the most. I mean, she, I never understood or treasured what was going on there. Maybe your teenagers do that with you, or you're young. You know, you're young. I mean, but. She had this, and it came out of her own pain, yes, but it came more importantly, yes, she suffered, but you can suffer and get bitter. My grandmother got comforted. So she had this power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the low Christ. She would sing on the piano. She had the worst voice on the planet. Sorry, Grandma, but you know it's true. But she played pretty good, and she would sing this song. Never grow old, never grow old in a land where we'll never grow old. <laughs> oh, my God. And she would worship at that piano, and I have to go outside. It was so bad, right? I wasn't smart enough to see what was really going on there, the worship of God, the loveliness of God in her old age, crying, saying to God, how she's never going to grow, how she's always fresh at God and all this stuff. Of course, I didn't know any of that, right? To know this love that surpasses knowledge, you may fill to the measure of all the fullness of God. Oh, man, when that love comes, it's just so full. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. And God isn't a spoiled sport about it. 
we just sort of forget what God has for us and what's available for us. And, and, uh, and even we, I think we have to teach it again that this is a supernatural experience. I mean, we think as charismatics we've done a great job by believing that God still heals and delivers. You know, we'll fight to the death of, about doing deliverance and this and that. But we are unaware of this supernatural love that's available from God. It's more important than any of that because that always, once love comes going, you'll do anything. If we look at the revivals of the past, even the hippie revival or whatever you want to call it during the 60s and 70s, the hallmark of it was love, right? Love, totally unfettered love, available love, the worst of people. That's what fueled it. And, of course, signs and wonders and the music and all the rest, but it was love. It was, it was uh, an outpouring of love really on Southern California, and every revival really is like that. If you look at see in your outline, as believers, we've been given grace to petition God's heart for what we need. This is why I'm such a big prayer person, because if you know how much God loves you, and if your kids know how much you love them, they're always asking for stuff. You notice that? They have no fear about asking for anything. They're bold. But sometimes we don't connect that with our own prayer life. That's why we don't have a prayer life. You know, we think of God in certain ways, you know, and we're disappointed about this or disappointed about that. Well, all along, he's very, very generous. How do I know he's generous? Because he gives us this thing called prayer, which is simply the ability to ask for what you need. <laughs> what an amazing thing, right? And so we get all in your troubles and your trials and everything, you just forget that you have the most powerful force in the universe right at your lips. It's part of living from the inside out. I take my problems directly to him. And then when I take it to them, I make sure that I remember what I prayed distinctly. And then I remember to watch for the answer. And sometimes the answer doesn't just show up like that. It shows up in pieces. So as the pieces come in, I'm, I'm calling them in. As I feel the tug on the other end of my line. I have to reel it in, right? That reeling in, no fisherman goes out with the expectancy that the fish is going to Go right to your boat, right, and jump right in your boat and say, thank you very much for catching me, right? It doesn't work like that, right? So petitioning is the same way. So often it's like fishing, and you get a little tug on the line, and you pray some more, you pray some more, and then it comes in. This is called living from the inside out, living from a place of prayer. Not only for petition, but for that place of receiving from God, just from enjoying the Lord, from just taking some time out to enjoy Him. But there's also the place where you can also enjoy him by petitioning because you know what you're praying has power in it, has effect. Look at this. Jesus said this. I didn't. And that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Ooh. So sometimes there's a little time on that, right? Sometimes he takes us through a process. Sometimes it comes right away. But being a good asker is really important. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. What a miserable religion he came to, <laughs> the Jews. All kinds of do's and don'ts and requirements to just somehow get God's favor and attention. Now he's just saying, you know what? Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you'll receive and your joy will be complete. So part of this inside out life is learning to petition. Though I've been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but I'll tell you plainly about my Father. Look at this. This is all about us. Okay? It's all about us. 
this side of the room, wake up. It's all about us because I'm about to give you some really good news. And that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back. So I get to ask in his name. You'll ask in my name. I get the privilege of asking in Jesus' name, coming right before the Lord of the universe, directly right to the front of the line. (laughs) Right to the front of the line. Of course, all of this is powered by faith. That's what promises are about. But wherever there's a promise given, and Jesus never lies, there's an opportunity. Maybe we should think more in terms of opportunities than even promises. That's why Paul says in Philippians 4, 4 to 7, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So not only have I found my heart and my mind get guarded, especially in stressful times, but I just want to tell you, everything that you see around here, everything that's been accomplished here over the last 20 years has been bathed by constant, constant prayer and petition with thanksgiving. It's a part of our lifestyle. It's a part of my lifestyle. It's part of the greatest pleasure in my life because I've learned to live from the inside out. And when you begin to see the answers, you don't think, oh, I've got to pray. I get to pray. <laughs> what do I get to pray for today, Father? And so I watch always for the answers. When I pray something, especially if it's new or maybe a little over my head, I'm always watching for the answers. I'm like looking out the sea with my telescope looking because this is actually the proper way to do this because sometimes God gives answers in pieces. This is a great secret, by the way, to prayer. He gives answers sometimes in pieces. In other words, you see it from a distance and then you ask it to come closer and closer. This is a very powerful part. That's why he said in the scripture to keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. And sometimes he'll take that to an extreme. But part of living from the inside out is learning to pray continually and then watch for the answers. And as they begin to appear, bring them closer, bring them closer, bring them closer. And so it's amazing. You could change the whole world this way, especially you get a few answers under your belt and a little experience. Then you go, I don't have to pray. I get to pray. Oh, my goodness. What a horrible thing. It's like... Kids praying, you know, for their dinner have done it for the last 10 years. You know? Oh, do I have to pray? <laughs> yeah, you get to pray. No, you don't have to pray. And something, oh, I don't even know. Some people like, seem to pray all the time. I just don't have that gift. <laughs> if you have something that you need, you have the gift. <laughs> it isn't a matter of how disciplined you I mean, you have a need. You can get the gift really fast. But what's a tragedy is when you have deep need and you just stop. Because some things need to be reeled in. That's why I said to keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. I didn't put the world together that way. Now I understand the world so I can live from the inside out with my problems and see answers. And sometimes the answers come in a way that I didn't expect but are better than the original request. I really like it when that happened. But it doesn't matter because I don't have to be precise. I may not know all the detail. I just know, God, please help me with this. And then God will come back to you. And sometimes I pray for something and he'll give me actually better than I asked for. Aren't you grateful for that? If I'd have got what I really asked, it would have been halfway there, right? But what I got, you know, what I really got was the full deal, right? All right.
<laughs> I just got all these things in the back of my mind because every time I think about praying, I think of all the things that have been reeled in. <laughs> they have to do with a lot of people in this room as I've watched you over the years and watched what's happened, right? So the last thing on your outline. We've also been given power to declare heart, God's heart over the world. This is something that we do as we live from the inside out. Our God is the God who gives life to the dead and calls things which do not exist as though they did. He invites his church to do the same in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're called to act like him, to do what he did, right? And that's really important. And so Peter says in Acts chapter 3, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. What, a, what an amazing thing that must have been, right? But we're the same place. You may not have a whole lot of money, a whole lot of influence, but what you have, give it away. Praying for people is one of the greatest privileges my goodness, you can touch things in prayer, praying for people, whether they're sick or ill or whatever. What I do have, I give you. And even releasing them and just asking God to heal the sick. And those things are riches that we shouldn't ignore. They're beautiful riches. They're part of our inheritance. They're part of learning to live from the inside out, learning to see in the spirit, learning to pray over things like a mother hen over the eggs until they hatch. I tell you, one of the greatest pleasures at my age now is you know, there's some displeasures, and I'm not saying I'm old. I'm just saying there's some things that I don't like about this. But what I do like about where I'm at right now is I've got a whole treasure f- f- chest full of stuff of answers. So I know that God answers prayer. I just have to look at my treasure box and look at all of it. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, i just say one thing about where we're at right now. We've been getting more answers than I've ever seen in my whole life to so many things. Things are moving so fast around here. In the Lord, I, I don't even know how to handle it all, but I'm getting used to it, and uh, much better than handling nothing, right? And so, last thing on the page, living from the inside out, I want to address today is cultivating a culture of encouragement and honor. Oh man, honor and encouragement. If there's anything God is, is He's honoring and encouraging. And I think sometimes when we put it in that terms, we we don't know quite what that means, but I think part of our job is, maybe we find it in Isaiah 35, strengthen the feeble hands and steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come with vengeance, with divine retribution, he will come to save you. Look what he says, strengthen. In other words, we have power to strengthen feeble hands and unsteady knees. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. We say to each other, be strong. You're going to be okay. Oh, man. We, not, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. But sometimes the mouth of God's coming through us, an encouraging word from a brother or sister, a mom or a dad, a child, whatever, is one of the most beautiful, wonderful things. Learning to be encouragers with the spirit of encouragement is one of the most gra- greatest blessings we have. And you know what we can do in terms of encouragement? We can just believe the scriptures for people. We can believe the best about them. We can have that testimony in our life we give to them. Or even if we don't have a testimony, just remind them of verses or, or things that God's doing, just keeping them abreast 
I'll tell you what, woe to the person who doesn't have someone around encouraging them. I think sometimes we just die and our prayer requests with them from discouragement. That's why we need each other. Part of this living from the inside out means living with other people. Attending meetings. One of the greatest things we just did recently was had a men's prayer meeting. And uh, Saturday and wasn't, let's see, when was it? I guess it was last Saturday. And, or wasn't it last Saturday or the Saturday before? And uh, we had so much fun because we were just encouraging each other. And our words make a difference. And then when you put prayer on top of it, you're doing double, right? But encouragement's life. Encouragement from one person to another is life. We all know about when a person discouraged us. I mean, I hear it in counseling all the time. Someone discourages us and it lasts a whole lifetime, you know? We know about that kind of discouragement. A dad or a mom that said something at an inappropriate time. We were headed down this way and we thought we could make it and someone discouraged us and we should have just kept going. We all know about that. But what about our part in making sure that others keep going? I like what Bill Johnson says. And it's the very bottom of our outline. Encouragement is more than a natural use of words to make someone feel good about their circumstances. It is supernatural in nature and partners with heaven to bring forth heaven's response. We all know what a negative word can do to a person, but what about a positive word? And it, doesn't, it does more than encourages a person it brings heaven's response. In other words, what it does, it stirs faith in you again. That's why he says, Say those who are fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Strengthen feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Part of our calling as a body of Christ is to encourage one another. Paul says, encourage one another day after day, as long as it's called the day. That's one reason why it's so important for you to be a part in some simple way with people, not just in a larger gathering, but in smaller gatherings, in small groups, or in a class like we have, and little expressions that we have. Matter of fact, going to a smaller place where it's more intimate, where people can encourage you, is one of the best things you can do. Whether it's eating with a person with lunch that you know it's a believer, or, or going to a, a class that we do, or a special meeting. I mean, the classes are equipping, but we have another agenda for you with regard to classes. We'd really like to get to know you, and we'd really like you to have some kind of relationship with somebody else. So that you know somebody else besides just who you see Sunday after Sunday or on the live stream. You have people with skin on that you get to know a little bit. I've gotten to know so many people just through our my, my class that I do. And, uh, and then we follow up and they come to another meeting and I see them and everything. Sometimes you see them all together. One of the most encouraging things I think we just did was had that Christmas dinner. Because in that meeting, all the men in black and all the women of the church and all their friends and their family were all there in one place. Just one big bowl of encouragement as far as I'm concerned. It was awesome. And I, I just love things like that. These are characteristics of the people that live from the inside out. Amen? Why don't we all stand? If I could have the worship team come. So all these dimensions that I've spoken about are powerful and it can be accessed so simply. If he made it so hard, you know, it would be very hard to access them. And oddly enough, part of the access is through the likes of other believers praying for you. So what I always like to do is we always like to have a response. Not necessarily to the message, because it may not be geared particularly to you or it may. But regardless, always in our church, we want to give time and opportunity
for a little more worship. Maybe just sit there in your seat and meditate. Or especially maybe prayer. Someone actually literally praying for you. And we have these little weapons too, the spiritual gifts that God gives us. Sometimes the, you know, wonderful little weapons like prophecy or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Something from heaven. Or when we pray for you, all of a sudden heat goes in your body. God made it so that we actually encourage one another through our prayers. And so I'd like some of the ministry team to come up in the front. And uh, just by ministry team, we just mean some people that are are just called or want to. (laughs) Either way, you want to look at it. Just pray for people and are offering their service to be an encourager. Don't underestimate the power of petition. Because if it took faith for you to come up here, that's the stuff that God's looking for regardless of the person who's giving the prayer, right? Just coming up and agreeing with somebody in prayer, Jesus said, if two of you agree about anything, I'll do it. So this gives someone maybe that doesn't have a chance to pray for someone. Maybe you are alone in your family. Maybe you don't have someone that regularly prays for you. Or maybe you do, but you just need a little extra today. So I just encourage you, to anybody would like to get prayer, come. And uh, we'll do that in just a second, allow, and people will start coming. Matter of fact, you can come if you like now. But we also like to deal with a little bit of worship. So sometimes you can just get encouraged by just coming to the Lord again and just a little extra worship and just saying, Lord, here I am. Fill me with your presence. Let me know you're near again, okay? That's why we love to worship so long. Worship in itself is encouraging, isn't it? Because God inhabits the presence of his people. So the encourager is right there, right in your tongue, right in your mouth as you worship and honor the Lord. He comes back on you. I felt so encouraged just listening to worship. So as we do our worship here, I'm just asking you, Lord, I pray that you bring a great spirit of encouragement over this whole place. Lord, I pray, God, as we live from the inside out, that you would fill us with your presence. Whoever needs to be healed today, I pray you'd heal them. I pray you'd heal them. Even as they get prayed for up here or maybe in their seat right now in the name of Jesus. May every back injury, may every shoulder problem, diabetes, issues of blood sugar, migraine headaches, issues with limbs, especially knees or ankles. May the Lord strengthen you. Life-threatening diseases, I speak to you in Jesus' name. May the Lord deliver you, heal you. Injured backs, hips out of joint, troubles and I just encourage you you know we don't look like much up here you know we're just simple people but I've seen some of those extraordinary miracles come in just the weakest of circumstances because God does that for people that live from the inside out we're not special we just pray for each other if you have someone near you a friend why don't you ask them to pray for you and be encouraged or if you just like to be encouraged in the worship just go before the Lord and let him Refurbish your inside and live from the inside out. Jesus' name. Lord, I pray, God, everyone would feel the touch of God, the touch of the Holy Spirit. May your presence come inside of us. May you give us answers as we go into the week that we need to know. May you encourage us in every way. Amen.